It's Fire Away Friday. Fire Away Friday. On Exploring the Word, this is your chance to ask us your Bible question at 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. You can also email your question at word at AFR.net or visit Facebook.com slash Exploring the Word. Exploring the Word. It's Fire Away Friday on American Family Radio. When I read 1 Thessalonians 5.21, I think this is a verse for our times. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, Test all things, hold fast to that which is good or, or true. Now, with that, we welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here, along with Bert Harper, my co-host and my co-author of a brand new book you'll be hearing about a lot next week. But we welcome you to the program. We've been studying kings and prophets and kingdoms. And today is Fireway Friday. Here's the number. It's toll-free nationwide. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888 888- Five eight nine eighty eight forty. We would love to have your Bible question, and uh, it's just open line day. We answer Bible questions. But Bert, comment if you would on this verse. It just struck me. I was doing my devotions this morning. Test all things. Hold fast to that which is good. First Thessalonians five twenty one. Bert, uh, that, that's a verse we need these days, isn't it? We do. The first two things that come to my mind is. Uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, got to watch out. So you're, you know, uh, have to disguise themselves. And, and I would say the other is about truth, you know, seeking the truth. And so you test all things. What do you, the best thing that I would ask, what do you test them by? I would say the the word word of God. God. And that's where exploring the word comes in. And Alex and I, we not only want to share with you what God has We've learned or someone has shared with us a lot that we do. Uh, if you notice, we repeat a lot of things from a professor, a book we read, because uh, we're standing on the shoulders of giants when it comes to that. But we also want to equip you to learn the Word of God and then lean upon the Spirit. And then, Alex, uh, hold that which, if you find that it's true, hold to it. The other thing that comes to my mind is about, you know, an assayer testing the gold. Yes, you know, there, yes. there's. Have you ever heard of fool's gold? I, I have heard of that. Well, guess what? You can do that with promises. You can do that with principles. It's they're really not there. They just sound good, but they're not out of the Bible. So you want to hold to that which is true and good. So good verse and, for twenty twenty one. And and you're you're right. The lens through which we look at life is the lens of the Word of God, Scripture, and uh, we want to encourage you. And this is this is where our heart is. But we encourage each of you: build your life, your your worldview, your priorities. Build it around the truths of God's Word, because those truths are forever. Well, we've got phone calls. Goodness, this is such a blessing. And the number is triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. And, Bert, you ready to pick up the first phone call? I am ready. Go at it, Alex. Uh, Louisiana, Randy, and uh, you're our first call today. Welcome to the program, Randy. We lost well, him some way. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh. Well, how about Ken from Louisiana? Ken, are you there? Hello. Hey, uh, good evening. Hello. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. Yeah, what um, you got, Ken? Probably another question that... Uh, 
may not have an answer, but uh, what, what do you guys think about like immaculate conception? How, how did the Holy Spirit, how did that, you think that worked? It's, you know, was the fetus just appeared in Mary? Did, it, how does that work? Okay, Ken, mm. great question. Alex, uh, there's some discussion. One of the uh, people that I work with, we've been discussing this for the last four or five months because there's a lot of things. That Jesus had to be human, fully human, fully God. Now, how in the world does that happen? But notice the words, Alex, that which is conceived in you, mm-hmm. conception. It was not placed totally, you know. It was conceived mm-hmm. within Mary of the Holy Spirit. So it was that. It was the seed. God made man. He'd make the seed. Uh, woman, uh, Alex, uh, it was conception, that which is conceived. And it does mean not necessarily just placed. In other words, God didn't form it and then place the, uh, you know, the fetus there it was conceived there isn't is that what you understand i I think you're right because you know jesus to be our savior uh and you know he fulfilled the law and in every point he fulfilled the righteousness of god but he was able to die as our sacrifice and you know um in ephesians 5 uh 22 532 um it talks about this being a great mystery you know great is the mystery of godliness how that God came into the world fully human, but not fallen human, and fully God. And um, let me encourage people, and this is probably in the front pages of your church hymn book, or certainly you can find it, but you ought to read the Creed of Athanasius. Uh, Athanasius was a Christian leader of old, and you'll, Bert, you remember these words, very God of very God, God. yes, um, begotten, not made. In other words, um, Jesus came forth from the Father, and how the Virgin Mary conceived and carried Jesus, and he had no sin, and yet he was full deity, and he was willing and he was able to pay our sin debt on the cross. Bert, I, I can't say that I fully understand it. Uh, I definitely believe it, absolutely, 1,000% believe it. But I think when the Bible says great is the mystery of godliness, how God took on a human body, came into the world, um, we, we somewhat understand it, definitely believe it, but it's a mystery, isn't it? It is. And in place of making me doubt and wonder, it's helped me to believe and receive. Uh, God is God. And we are man, and and that is just the way it is. And we have a God that's bigger. I mean, just awesome. There's no, there's nothing in a shortcoming of Him in His righteousness in mentality. And Alex, if we could understand every bit of it, uh, God would be less than He is, or would be more than we are. Is that uh, well? Well said. Well said. But, uh, Ken, I want to say thank you for that. And you know what, folks, as we get to um, Christmas, and I'm sure you'll probably sing that wonderful song, Silent Night, Round Yon Virgin, Mother and Child. Uh, Isaiah 714 says that a virgin will conceive and bear a child. We do know this, 
that Jesus, though fully human, he did not inherit the sin nature of Adam and Eve, nor the guilt of Adam and Eve, and his virgin birth is part of why he was able to be our sin bearer, our our guilt bearer on the cross. And we certainly thank him and we give God glory for that. What a great question. Uh, Debbie in Mississippi, welcome to Exploring the Word. Hello, you guys. I just love you guys. I listen to you almost every day. And I had a question, and I'll hang up and let you answer it, because my phone only works on speaker. Um, the young man flees naked in Mark fourteen fifty one through 52. Why is that in there? <laughs> Amen, Debbie. I love it. I, there, are several, <laughs> there are several scriptures that I just want to tell you. Okay, God. You put it in here for a purpose. Let me know your purpose. Alex, let me just share this, and, and <laughs> I think it's true. I God lets us know some of the things in details to let us know he who he is, but also the humanity of, of, of this of this guy. Uh, I, I, have you gotten any spiritual application of that except, man, that's just – it happened. I mean, we if we're not careful, we'll want to make out of something. We we want the Bible to become a code book. It's not a code mm. book. You know what I mean? That's okay. true. Okay, yeah. We want this 397 whatever, 132 whatever, or, or this person's name. It's not a code book. Now, I've, I've heard people say the codes that's in the Bible. I know there's Alex, I just don't believe there's hidden codes. That's my, No, I, I don't either. Uh, I really don't. There's things that you pick up that you can follow, and I guess some people call that a code. I, I don't. I just call it principles to follow truths. But I'm not so sure I know why that's in there, except that's one of the details that happens, and it adds to, adds to the story. Well, it really does, and that's a great question. You know, this is this is one of those that you're right. Um, if humans were concocting the Bible— if people were simply making up the Bible, you know, I just don't think there's any way they would have put in a verse like that. Now, you know, one of the things, not only why this is in the Bible, but who this young man was, and, you know, the Word of God doesn't specifically say. Bert, have you heard people uh, theorize that maybe it was uh, John Mark? That's who, that's who, uh, that the, that's who was told me that prob, they used the word probably was. Yeah, and... You know, this word there um, that's translated naked in the King James, uh, I'm looking this up. Um, it's interesting. His, you know, garment was was grabbed. I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say this. All right, look, it says he fled and left naked. Now, what I'm about to say is probably spiritualizing a little too much. When you're away from God, you're you're naked and unrighteous. I mean, he fled away from the presence of Jesus. Now, why? Because the the it says the young men and some say the Roman soldiers were trying to grab him. But uh, you know, I, I'm with you, Bert. I don't fully know why that's in there, but I will tell you this: like J. Warner Wallace, who's a great scholar and a former detective, Lee Strobel with a law degree. Um, a lot of guys that I know that are into what, what they call forensics, in other words, looking at details, clues, they say that these observations like this actually add credibility to the Bible because, um, 
like we said, you know, if people were just writing a made-up narrative, you wouldn't include details like this. And what you see, when you see details like this, it, it makes you realize, look, this is an eyewitness account. Uh, random details, this is, this is reality, not fiction. And so I, I don't really know the full reason, but I know it does add to the credibility of this, Bert. I agree with you. And again, I'm one of those that's added to my life. Uh, the, the two questions we're talking about, we're talking about things we can't fully comprehend. And then the, and these two questions are kind of connected. Things that's, why is it there? I, I haven't got it out of it yet. Those add to, to me the credibility of the Word of God, just like the men you said it also adds faith in into my life that here we have a God that gives these details, a God that's bigger than we are, and it's amazing. Hey, Alex, uh, before we go to the next call, because we hadn't got but just a minute and we wouldn't have time to get it and, and answer it, let me just give a shout-out, if I can, to the AFA uh, retreat that I was, you know, we were broadcasting from. Devin and I were there in Purcell Farms down in close to Sylacauga, Alabama. And we met so many, so many of listeners. And they're probably listening today from Texas, from Mississippi, uh, from Louisiana, from Kansas, from all over. We, we, and they said, man, we love exploring the word. They love you, Alex. And I just wanted to say what a joy it was to meet them, brother. Well, praise God. Hey, folks, this is Exploring the Word, and we're going to come back. We've got a very brief break. Again, the number 888-589-8840. Call us with your Bible question. We're going to do our best to get as many as we can. Maybe we'll get them all in. Stay tuned. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Kalolo Kijikazi, Acting Commissioner of the Social Security Administration. Her agency administers Social Security benefits to more than 61 million people each month. 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right now with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Kilolo Kijikazi in her role at the Social Security Administration. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. As Christians, our ultimate destination is guaranteed. But Dr. Tony Evans says the path God lays out to get us from here to there usually isn't the straight line we expect. He offers this example as we spend two minutes with Tony. I remember one time I was on a plane and over the loudspeaker, the pilot said, um, ladies and gentlemen, there's bad weather, so we're going to have to enter a holding pattern. Now I had plans because I had to speak somewhere, I had to meet some people, I had, to, I had my plans. Finally, they said, we've gotten permission to land. I take a deep breath. The plane touches down. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to report that the plane sitting at our gate that has been delayed because of the weather being able to take off, so we got to sit here on the tarmac. I finally look like I got a breakthrough. Finally look like this thing is going to come together. I'm finally sitting on the ground and stuck for an hour and a half 
on a plane, on the tarmac. I'm in the vicinity, but I don't have a promise. You may be in a holding pattern and God hasn't landed the plane, although you're in the vicinity of it. God is always doing two things at one time related to your life and mine. He's preparing the promise for you and he's preparing you for the promise. Okay? Whatever your inheritance is, whatever your destiny is in time, is being made ready. But he's also got to get you ready so that when the promise and the plan and the destiny is realized, you don't mess it up because you weren't ready. We can learn amazing faith lessons from the lives of biblical characters who are more like us than you realize. Check out Tony's two-volume teaching series, Heroes of the Faith, available online at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fire. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Fire Away Friday. And we love this time when we get to answer questions that you're asking and we hope that we have answers that will help and and we we want to help and we want to glorify the lord and uh it's not about what we know or don't know Mm -hmm. it is about jesus alex uh, i'm taking Mm -hmm. a little time here but we'll go to the next caller in just a second but honestly that is our purpose uh it should be to glorify the lord to know him and make him known and we we try not to deviate from that, do we? That's true. That's true. And I, you know, I'm glad you threw to me here for a second. And uh, by the way, folks, here's the number eight 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 five eight nine eighty eight forty. May I comment one last thought on the Mark fourteen fifty one? I think this is powerfully interesting. You ready? Yeah, I'm okay. ready. Go. Okay. Jesus is, you know, being arrested, and uh, the soldiers are there, and it says there followed a certain young man having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled. Now, the King James renders this naked. All right. So I looked that up in the Greek lexicon. It's the word gymnos, G-Y-M-N-A-O. I'm sorry, uh, N-O-S, gymnos, from which we get the word gymnasium, okay? Now, I look this up, and it says, uh, usage, rarely stark naked, generally wearing only the undergarment, bare, open, poorly clothed, okay? Now, the word gymnos is a Greek word that it can mean partially clothed, poorly clothed, for exercise. Now, we get the word gymnasium out of this root. I'm not saying yay or nay. The King James renders it naked like we think, not a stitch on. Maybe it meant they grabbed him, there was a little bit of an altercation, and he ran off just partially clothed as if somebody in the gym to exercise would have been. But I just found that interesting, the word translated uh, naked um, the the root is gymnos, from which we get gymnasium. Okay, and interesting. I would say this: 
and running as well. He was getting <laughs> he, he was getting his time in. Amen. He fled, didn't he? He did. Thank you, Debbie. Hey, where we it, go to next? How about we go? Oh, I love Oklahoma, one of my favorite places, and we're going to speak with Dean. Welcome to the program, Dean. Yes, uh, I got a question about Scripture says in different places, and it says uh, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. Uh, and it says, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise, and it's my understanding, the saints first, and, and then the others. Um, in this time of COVID, and there's been a lot of death, and I don't know anybody hasn't hit close to home, so for words of comfort, um, I'm looking for, how do you tell somebody that, are, are, are they asleep? Uh, is Moses asleep? Is is my mother asleep? Um, you, you know, I don't know how to explain that and comfort somebody because you always hear people say, well, they're with Jesus. They're sitting at the feet of Jesus, just basking in the glory. Now, but the word says some different things in different passages. And, and so I'm looking for an answer to that. Oh, wow. Dean, thank you. Great call. And, let me ask you this, Alex, and this is what comes to my mind, Dean, that they're not just sleeping, they're awake. Uh, the two people that appeared with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration was Moses and Elijah. God didn't necessarily wake them up if that was, quote, sleep, so they could appear. It doesn't say anything like that. He just, they were, they were brought there and their bodies that was able to be recognized in a body talking and conferring with Jesus. Uh, to be absent from the body, that means that part of us, that soul, that eternal part, is with the Lord. Our body's not there yet, but our, our, our soul is. We can't completely comprehend that. And when the Lord comes back, there's going to be a reunion, Alex, of that the the dead in Christ shall rise first. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, they're going to have their new body meet with their, their soul that comes back with Jesus and they'll have their glorified bodies forever. But it seems that the soul is an awareness right now in heaven. It's not just up there, uh, the soul in limbo waiting asleep. It seems there's some activity, at least in recognition of God. Yes. Um, people are not, I agree with you, Bert, and, and sir, thanks for this question. Um, the word in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, and of course, we've talked through, through this a, a couple of times over the last decade, but, um, you know, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, I would not have you to be ignorant if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them who also sleep in Jesus... Now, the word sleep, there's really die. Those who die in Christ will reappear. And there's this famous phrase in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Well, do you remember Jesus told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise? And Paul writes, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Bert, um, I've told this story a few times that I've, I've spoken in, in a few hospitals. And in fact, when I was down in Texas, 
about two, three years ago, it was my privilege to speak at an oncology hospital, palliative care, where people, yeah, I'm just going to say, they, they are kept comfortable till they die. And I, there were easily 50 or 60 nurses and doctors in this room. And I said, how many have seen things that lead you to believe in, in an afterlife? Well, 100% of the hands went up, and a number of the doctors and nurses said things. They said, yeah, I'm not really a religious person, but I've had so many patients say that they saw Jesus or that uh, bright lights came into the room and patients on their dying breath would say, it's heaven, look, look, it's heaven. And so, Bert, I, I categorically absolutely believe that the moment of a Christian expires and leaves this world they are in the presence of god fully conscious saved now at some future point they're going to get a glorified body and what the um, state is right this moment it, it is something real it's something conscious it's something corporeal physical but there is going to be this crowning day where we get that permanent eternal glorified body but you're your loved ones who were believers, they're in heaven with Christ right now, Bert. I believe that. Amen. I, one of my favorite stories, and I'll make it short, Dr. R.G. Lee, he was the pastor of Bellevue Baptist Church. Under him is where Bellevue just exploded in number. Years later, Dr. Rogers, who's in heaven now, uh, he Billy Graham was in town, and Billy Graham and, and some men with him uh, went to see R.G. Lee, and he wasn't able to. But it was told the caregiver of Dr. R.G. Lee, who was one of the greatest preachers you ever heard at describing something. Amen. He could throw out adjectives that describe things better than any preacher I've ever heard. I'll put it that way or ever read. He was just that good. And right before he died, his eyes opened, looked up into heaven, and he said these words, I did not do it justice. I did not do heaven oh. justice. And he said, I see, wow. I see mama. Now, he called his wife mama, and don't know if it was his wife or his, his real mom. And then he said, and then there's Jesus, and he died. But I did not do it justice. Alex, if, mm. if, if the, you know, that's real. That's, that's not sleep. That is real. Wow. Uh, bless you, Dean. And, folks, thanks for listening. This is Exploring the Word, and we're going to go to Minnesota Ashley, and by the way, folks, the number, if you've got a Bible question, Bert and I will do our very best to give you an answer, uh, a factual answer. It's 888-589-8840. Ashley, has winter come to Minnesota yet? Um, It's getting there. It's awfully cold and gray and wet and foggy. (laughs) Bless your heart. Yeah. Well, what's your question today, Ashley? I called in to challenge you guys a bit. Um, I don't even know if this is a podcast. It was hard to find a number that was relating to the COVID and the government and children and things like that. But I want to challenge everyone, including you, to this. I was an advocate for child protective services for parents out of Arkansas. And 100% of the parents that children's services took children from were not needed to be removed and they were on food stamps and when you apply for food stamps it asks you one specific question that pops out what is your religious background and every single one of those parents have told me 
they were Christians, and then they would come in and remove these children. Mm. So, Alex, do you get the what is Ashley saying? There's an agenda. Yeah, I I have to confess ignorance. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I believe you, but this is a little bit out of my realm of expertise, so I, I can't speak to it one way or the other. But but I believe you. Okay, um, now, Bert, with Alex. You're, you're breaking up a little bit, and so I think uh, Devin's going to try to reconnect, and let me just speak to that, and you do that, and when you get back, we'll we'll continue that. Ashley, I think you're, if, if that is true, we need to be mindful. There's so many things going on today that we, uh, thank you for challenging us to look at that and see, and those of you who are out there that might be connected, it might be something that you should be alerted to and know about and be careful of. So, Ashley, thank you and appreciate you calling in today and th- appreciate you listening. Uh, okay, let's go to Jennifer and talk to uh, – talk. go to Jennifer in Texas. Jennifer, welcome. Hi, Bert and Alex. Just to, pardon the background noise. I got a little one. It's such a privilege to talk to you again. Uh, my comment was just, you know, I you guys had someone else call in on a fireway Friday probably about two months ago now. He was a young man a millennial, and he, his question was basically, how shall we live during this time, you know, with COVID and all that's going on in the world? And and as a millennial myself, I, uh, that really resonated with me because I struggle with that same question. You know, I'm a bit of a student of prophecy, and I can kind of see the way that the world seems to be going nowadays uh, prophetically and then with all the things you see going on politically and in the culture. I've had to wrestle with that question myself over the last, you know, 18, 20 months now, recognizing that there may be, if Christ is coming back soon, there's going to be probably some things on this earth that I may never get to do, places I won't get to see, maybe even ministry opportunities I hope that I'd one day have. I, I just wanted to say to that young man, anyway, else who's listening, it feels that way. I think it's okay to grieve those things in the natural, but don't get mired in that. Recognize that God has placed us here for such a time as this. He has a ministry for each of us because we're still alive, breathing, to tell about it. And don't get so down on what you can't do that you miss what God is calling you to do because we are here for such a time as this and he's got a calling on our life and seek him out each day and ask him what that is because there's going to be so much more once we get to heaven we won't even think about all those things we didn't get to do here so that's just my encouragement to him amen Jennifer preach it is what I'd say thank you let me say this at the AFA retreat matter of fact we we hit on this quite a bit uh, those of you listening and know this, uh, Ray Pritchard was there, and he was talking about the coming revival that's going to happen. And uh, we it may happen after the church is raptured, but it'll be a revival because it says this is the great multitude that came out. We heard Sandy Rios talking about we better get ready for persecution. And uh, that's what, uh, you know, Ashley was saying, is, is Christians going to be persecuted if they ask what is your religion and if it is certain things that there's going to be a reaction to it if it's happening now it will only get worse i preached a message on growing there's not time there's no time in any calendar god's calendar of time that you don't keep growing and you keep trucking along so jennifer your words are well spoken did you get to hear them alex i did i did can can you hear me okay yeah you're coming in good now brother go ahead 
Okay, I apologize. We we got a storm coming up here, but yeah, you know, Second Timothy two three says, "Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ," and I, I think that um, in good times, hard times, persecution, at all times, we've got to remember that we are children of the King and and soldiers in God's army. Would you agree? We are, and and. We just have to admit it. While we have had it made here in America, as believers, most of the time, we've had our brothers and sisters in China, North Korea, uh, and, and especially Northern Africa and Asia in that 1040 window. Alex, they've been persecuted. They've been, they're being killed. They're being imprisoned while we have it. And uh, do yeah. we think we're so special as Christians, American Christians, that we will not have that happen to us. Uh, I don't take, I, hey, Alex and I are going to do everything we can for the freedom that God has given us under our Constitution. I believe that. We'll struggle with that, fight for that. But I just want to tell you, don't think we're exempt from difficulties just because we're American Christians. And, you know, do you remember in Acts chapter 5 how the early disciples rejoiced? They, they counted it a privilege to be worthy to suffer for Jesus? Amen. That's what they did. Uh, they were beaten, and they went back praising God, and they were telling their friends, God found us worthy to suffer for him. And so do we get ready? We put on the armor of God. Alex, the armor mm-hmm. of God the Holy Spirit that we put on, it's good at any time. It, it is the Word of God is our offensive weapon. It really is. But we are to walk with God. There's nothing that protects us if we turn our backs. But if we're going forward, we have some of that protection of the Holy Spirit. Hey, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back for the last segment of Fire Away Friday here on Exploring the Word. When you look in the mirror, what do you see looking back at you? You see you, right? Why did God make me in his image? An article by Laura Perry. Like the image in the mirror, God created us to be like him in the sense that we would reflect him. That way others can get a glimpse of who he is. To read this article and more, sign up to receive a complimentary copy of the Engage Biannual Magazine at EngageMagazine.net. Today's culture is opting for entertainment rather than biblical enlightenment. For those who resist that trend, Friends of Israel shows listeners why loving the Jewish people and supporting Israel is important to the Christian faith. Friends of Israel shares biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah and promotes solidarity with the Jewish people. This is Chris Katolka of the Friends of Israel Today radio program heard each weekend on this station, and here's what's happening in Israel. Friends of Israel, Saturday afternoon at 2, here on American Family Radio. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. During congressional questioning, Congressman Seth Mouton asked U.S. Central Commander, General Frank McKenzie, you went from 2,500 troops in April to 650 in July, and then turned around and put 5,000 back in Kabul. Why didn't you plan for an evacuation and leave enough troops on the ground to conduct it? To which the general responded, I'm going to fall back on the orders I received. The White House ordered the troop drawdown without a care 
for the Americans still in country or the Afghan allies who also needed to get out, though the generals warned against it. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 2, nothing is hidden that will not be known. Imagine that you're in an empty theater, and suddenly everyone you've ever known begins filing in. You learn that they've all come to see an unedited movie of your life from the day you were born until now. Suddenly, you start looking for the exit. You might be thinking, wow, I'm glad that movie doesn't exist. Can I tell you something? It does. God has the complete, unedited recording of your life, and when it plays, there's no exit. Your only hope is that the film would be destroyed. That's why Jesus came. God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to destroy the record of all your sin and shame. That's how much God loves you. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Exploring the Word on Fire Away Friday, and we're going to get to the phone lines and answer as many questions as we can. So we're going to Kentucky. Yeah, I think mine's not working. Would you put that on for us, Devin? Mine's just, I'm clicking. Okay, Jake in Kentucky. Welcome, brother. Hey, how you doing, Bert? Welcome back. Oh, man. Listen, I, I just got to give a shout out. Devin will probably <laughs> laugh. I had to I was at the retreat, and I knew I was going to be out Wednesday traveling, but I found out my two of my grandsons that live over in Birmingham, Alabama, they were playing some flag football, and they were playing in the championship games, and Papa and Nana just had to stop off and see that game, guys, and, oh, and, and Alex, by the way, they won. <laughs> Well, praise God. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. So, Jake, thank you for welcoming me back, brother. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I had uh, I had really had uh, two questions, one biblical question, Bible question, and one about uh, next week, if I could do that. Go right uh, ahead. Let's sure. do it. Sure. All right. Um, next week. I want to do the. I want to do the next week one first. Next week, uh, we you'll be back for you'll be back for Fire Away Friday again, or will do or will you do, or will it this Tuesday? The sheriff on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. If I'm if I got that. If okay, I let me just right. answer. I'm butting in. We never know 100 percent sure. Uh, it's just according to how things go here. So Jake, I to answer your question. Uh, it's a, we don't know yet. What's your other question? And we'll, uh, maybe I won't have to say that on that one. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, um, well, while you were, while you weren't here, um, Alex was teaching through, uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah. And I was marveling, Alex, about, uh, Jeremiah chapter fifty-two and how it's and and the second witness 
and how is Howard is a second witness to Second uh, Kings chapters twenty twenty four and twenty five. I found that I found that quite uh, striking. Where did you? Uh, I wanted your thoughts on that. We, uh, you know, verse 9 at Jeremiah 52, 9, they took the king and carried him up to the king of Babylon. Um, that is, you know, also recounted in 2 Kings 25, 6. Um, and then verse 12 as well is talking about um, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and how uh, the people of Judah were taken captive. So it, it is... Uh, let, let me just say, Bert, a lot of times the histories of the Old Testament, they do repeat themselves. And one of the things that this shows is, well, all this in the Old Testament, this really is historical. I mean, it's not allegory or mythology. Um, not only does the Old Testament present itself as history, Jesus r- referred to it you know, as a given that it was really historical, but the other thing, Bert, that I think is is notable is how meticulous the Jewish people were at documenting their history. I mean, the warts and all. And let me just say this, Bert. Sometimes I've had skeptics say to me, well, the Old Testament was Jewish na- nationalistic propaganda, and they were just trying to elevate themselves. And I said, really, do you think that they would have included multiple enslavements? And I'll, you know, so um, I, I think the fact that you've got First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, First and Second Samuel, and then the prophets will reference many of these things, says to me, "Hey, this is real. This really happened." I agree with you. And let me tell you, uh, if if it was just quote myth and legend, uh, like you know, and propaganda, like you were talking about, Alex, I believe that I had more good kings. <laughs> exactly. You know what and, I mean. And, uh, they didn't yeah. have but eight good kings out of all of them and none in the northern part. And so, uh, so listen, the historical documentation that has been verified again and again demonstrates the accuracy and the truth of the Old Testament. Thank you so much, Jake. Let's go to Tennessee and talk to Steve. Steve, welcome. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, Alex and Bert, Bert and Alex. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah either, we answer either way. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah, uh, 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 Bert, Bert Harper, Bert Harper, and Alex McFarland. That's who we are. Sir. Amen. Uh, yeah, and so well, uh, we're going for the truth here, and so well, I was uh, raised Methodist. I was christened as a baby at Coleman Memorial Methodist Church here in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, and I joined the church whenever I was twelve. And I've been out of church all these years, and and uh, I don't go to church and stuff. Uh, so, but we're going for the truth here. And so, I've dabbled. I haven't went to uh, these other churches, but I, I've read some of their material and stuff. And uh, the the Jehovah's the Jehovah's Witnesses say uh, that Jesus wasn't crucified on a cross. He was crucified with his arms straight up on a post or. Uh, uh, tree trunk or whatever, and then also the Seventh Day Adventist. Uh, well, they say that the Sabbath is on Saturday, which is pretty explicit in the Bible that the Sabbath is on Saturday. So, but I'm just glad we was able to uh, discuss a little bit about death earlier uh, with this uh, this man on earlier, and so it's uh, 
there's a I've heard of a place where uh we go to where uh we were able to be uh with our kin folks uh there is a consciousness and so oh, it, uh, uh, and then so I have read in the Bible that Jesus referred to death as the unconscious sleep of death. Okay. Hey, Steve, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. Do you have out of that, and again, I'm not trying to be uh, negative or anything, give us a good question that we could respond on one of those. We appreciate you calling. but It's, a, uh, it's about the cross, and it's also, uh, well, you know, I brought it up to uh, our new preacher, and you need, uh, you know, touching on the truth and stuff. And uh, he ended up telling me that uh, if I set foot on church property uh, or called out there again, I'd be arrested. Well, okay, let's let's respond to the two things that brought up Alex the Sabbath. Uh, hey, the Sabbath is still the Sabbath. That's yeah, that yeah. that has not changed. That what changed everything the day of, of of worship for the church was the resurrection. Uh, the Sabbath kind of honors, I, and I've put it. You know, I'm going to try to go to the bottom line and simplistic, Alex. That's the way I work, and uh, okay. you know, creation recognizes the Sabbath. You know, he rested. the The resurrection on uh, the Sunday res- recognizes the resurrection. And uh, listen, worshiping, if you worship, praise God, you know, if you worship in Jesus Christ, that's good, whether you do it Saturday or whether you do it Sunday. But Alex, this cross business about the cross uh, or a place of a pole, mm-hmm. that's just, they're just wrong from biblical terms in every way and historical, aren't they? They, they really are. And by the way, and, and we could literally do a whole nother show on this, but You've got to understand the Jehovah's Witness, which is their technical name, is called the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. And, you know, historically and textually, I mean, it is well documented how wildly erratic and wrong they've been. But you've got to understand, Charles Taze Russell, that started it, was heavily influenced by a 19th century document called The World's 16 Crucified Saviors by a guy named Kersey Graves. Now, this was a book without one footnote in it, and today even atheists will condemn that book as just being a a, a late 19th century fiction. Um, Psalm 22 plus the Gospels plus early church um, records say they pierced his hands and feet. They nailed him to a cross. And what we know about Roman crucifixion, um, I will say this, uh, Jesus was brought to a whipping post, and he was beaten with um, something called a crucifragrium. He was whipped, but no, when the Son of God was nailed to the cross, you know, there was the vertical post and the cross beam. Uh, historically, textually, um, the Jehovah's Witnesses are just wrong, and a lot of their teachings that float around to this day are very um, indicative of the context in which that false religion was invented. There was so much in the late 19th century, in the aftermath of the Second Great Awakening, there were a number of cults that emerged, one of which was the Watchtower. And so, um, you know, it's free country. Anybody can say whatever they want, but biblically and historically, what they teach just doesn't measure up. 
Steve, thank you for calling. Just let me say, get uh, the Word of God. Find the church that is close as you can to Scripture. That's uh, Listen, if you're looking for the perfect church, the perfect pastor, Alex will be looking the rest of our lives, but we can find some good, solid teachers and churches. So, Steve, I pray uh, that would be a blessing to you. Let's go to Louisiana and talk to Karen. Karen, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to talk to y'all, and thank you for all the clarity that you give Scripture. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you, Karen. Um, I, guess, I guess my call is more about now, in the present. What does Scripture tell us about the COVID shots, submitting to this? Does it do any good to resist it? Because I don't, I don't want to take it. I think it's genocide, um, and, and COVID is genocide, but... Do we submit to this because Scripture tells us that it will happen anyway? It is, it's foretold, or do we resist? And how do we, I mean, everybody says, oh, America needs to know this, and America needs to stand up. What do we do? Okay, Karen, thank you. Alex, you know, when it comes to the COVID virus and the COVID vaccine, I, I put it this way, it is still in the area of the unknown it is the area of the unknown of the virus and what it's going to be long range. We know it leads to death, as someone called earlier. And a lot of folks, a lot of us have people who have been seriously ill, died with the virus and, and the vaccine. It's, it, it, we do not know the funnest. So everybody has to do that their own. Does this fit into the possibility of government using it for control? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And do you resist it just because of that? Uh, Alex, I'm not sure that is a legitimate reason to resist it if it, you know, because what it may, quote, lead to. Uh, but I still stand on the thing. You research it, you research it, and then you do what you feel like you need to do. Go ahead, Alex. Exactly. You're you more know. tied to the medical field than I am with Angie, and I... I Go ahead. Yeah. I respect your response here greatly. Well, you know, um, I, let me just say that I'm I'm not speaking for AFA. I'm just, to the best of my knowledge, right at this moment, speaking for myself. I've talked to medical doctors on all sides of the issue. I've talked to nurses on all sides of the issue. Uh, this is just one of those things that I think um, everybody's got to make their own decision. But, Bert, what, what truly, truly, truly does concern me is that um, the constitutionally protected rights of American citizens in some parts of the country is being shoved aside. There are certain states where governors and mayors are just making these sweeping mandates that you have to um, acquiesce to or you're going to have, um, you know, be limited in what you can do. And so, Bert, the, the thing that really, really concerns me and I think the caller's right. I mean, um, the long-term health implications of COVID and approaches to COVID, um, we just don't know. I mean, there's so many unknowns, so you've got to do your due diligence and make it a decision for yourself. But, Bert, what, what really concerns me is that the rights and the liberties of Americans are being shoved aside, and I, I pray that, that we don't set a precedent here that uh, any time the government needs to further take away our liberties, 
Will they just say, quote, it's a crisis, constitutional freedoms aside? I mean, that's one of the great tragedies here, Bert. Would it you is. Agree? It is. And we need to we need to stand with Christ and then stand on the side of truth. That scripture that you talked about earlier in First Thessalonians about test those things yeah. and then go with that which is true. That's I would say test test your knowledge on that. David from Virginia, uh, we don't have a lot of time to go to your question. I've read it. Do you have to be baptized to go to heaven? Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. Uh, he just comes into your life and is is made known unto you. The water baptism, Alex, is important as a disciple, but not essential to heaven. Would you expand That's on that? That's true. That, that's true, because Galatians 3.27 says if you're a believer, you've been brought into Jesus Christ, baptized into Christ, immersed into Jesus. So you, you are in Christ by virtue of putting your faith in the Lord. But then water baptism is something as a born-again believer you do to identify yourself with the church. Amen. Thank y'all so much. Hey, we got about a minute left, and I wanted to have a little bit of time. Next week is Sherathon uh, Monday. Now, we'll be looking some more, maybe Jeremiah or Ezekiel, one of the prophets. But then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, it'll be Sherathon. I'm so excited. Uh, we Amen. get to hear testimonies of the difference that AFR has made in the lives of people. We get to hear about what God's done in their life. And, Alex, it's always an exciting time. And you're coming to Tupelo, and we'll be broadcasting together. And uh, they're going to hear more about a book, about 100 questions, aren't they? Absolutely. And, folks, a week from today is Truth for a New Generation in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Still time to register at my website, alexmcfarland.com. And uh, keep us in prayer and pray for me as I fly and go to Tupelo Monday morning real early. Amen. We're looking forward to it. By the way, we got two or three places for uh, uh, the fishbowl retreat at Repairing the Foundations. It hadn't got a lot of time in a week, but if you want to join us, Jan and I would love to see you there. Well, thank Mm. you for listening to Fire Away Friday. Uh, Listen to the rest of the programming here on American Family Radio and tell someone about exploring the Word, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus. Jesus.